Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Side Quest Podcast. My name is Luke, and I'm BJ, and we're we're back with with another normal. I feel like I'm saying that a lot. Of like, oh, another normal episode, just because we're just shoving in a bunch of like special ones here and there. Yeah. But hey, the, the episode with Matt was really fun. Cancel games. It's it's always fun to have him on the podcast. Yeah, I love having Matt on. He's got a really great energy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're we're this one. We have really no rhyme or reason. There's not really a lot of video game news that I really want to talk about. Um. So I th- we're just gonna kind of mainly focus on what we've been playing, and both of us, for the first time in a long while, are playing the exact same game and yep. having a lot of really fun like. Moments. So I think we, we kind of text each other a bit about it. And we're like, hey, this, this, this. It's like, oh, but this, this, and this. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, so, I love that we can just be like, hey, I need to figure out a good way to do this. And then what the other one can just be like, oh, well, if you go here, you can find this item that's going to like boost your whatever. And it's just, it's a great experience. So, but yeah. Um, I guess before we get to the how we've been playing, though, how, how has your week been? Like, how's it been since we recorded last? Man, I have not been sleeping yeah like normally i i've slept over the past couple days i slept through one like day like of the daytime and then i've just been up all night every night so my sleep schedule is completely fucked uh my head is like a purple cloud right now um it feels like reality is a dream but uh i've been playing some fun games so hell yeah that's all that matters how about you? How's I, everything going? I got a raise at work, which is great. Hell yeah. Um, and then I might be moving out of this house that I'm in. I'm living with my parents right now. Um, so that'll be really interesting. I'll be pretty much in Cool Springs. Um, like nice. I'll be like 10 minutes from Moe's. Oh, hell yeah. So yeah, I will I'll just be better for me. I'll save money on gas. So I'm I'm all in for that. Cause, but um, uh, that's happening. Might be moving out. Um I'm I'm currently in the in the process of remodeling and selling shit because of that. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm like, look, if I'm gonna move out, I want to get rid of some shit. Cuz there's definitely some things that I'm like, yeah, I don't need this, don't need this. And and I like I kept just because I'm like, yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Those reasons. And so I'm just like, whatever. So now I'm kind of getting rid of some stuff. I'm going through and be like, okay, I don't need this. I really don't need this one. But it's it's a lot harder than it looks. I still don't know what the fuck to do with all these video games that are sitting like next to me. Yeah. You're like, going to have to find some storage for the most part, I think. I think that's what I'm going to have to do is just like get boxes. Like go go to like Walmart or whatever and get like those kind of like I almost said Tupperware. But like the, I know what you're talking about, yeah. the big bins with the lids and everything. Yeah, and I have a bunch of those. Get get some of those and just put stuff in so like I can have them in a closet. Mhm. And then I'm I'm definitely gonna have to get a new desk because I'm not I'm not hauling this thing into into a new apartment. Yeah, that's a huge fucking desk. It took it took a while to get it into this room. And it's such a weird shape that it's like you don't have realistically that much room. Yeah, it's like a weird like C shape. Yeah. And yeah, it's not it's not good. I'm gonna have to go get like just and and a sturdy one because I have a TV, not a fucking monitor. Mm-hmm. Um. So oh man, that's gonna be a nightmare to take over too. Fuck. You could always mount the TV. Just like right above the desk, I guess. Well, I'm what I'm probably gonna do is buy one of those like entertainment center things, mm. uh, like try to find one for cheap and just do that for in my room, and then have a desk that has all the podcast stuff on, so we that could be that thing. Hell yeah! And then just get like a beanbag or something. I don't know. Because I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of sick of uh, gaming in the same spot that I do everything. Yeah. 
So I'm probably just going to be like, all right, let me move stuff around. So we'll, we'll see how that works. Obviously, um, buying a desk and stuff will kind of be like a later thing. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I mean, I'm probably going to end up just putting that shit on the ground for the first bit. Just move. Because I'm keeping this bed. I like this bed. This is a really nice twin size. The mattress is great. I'm keeping this shit. That's coming with me. But, like, everything else. And I, I'm, I've been cleaning out my car, too. Because BJ can tell you, I've, I've literally lived in that thing. To where there was, like, extra clothes and shit in there. Because it's just, like, I I was like, fuck it. I, I'm, I'm at work all the time. This I Whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to clean that out so I can use the hatchback part of my car to move shit. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I think realistically I'll probably rent a U-Haul for a day and then just go from there. But um, I my week's been great, though, because I've been uh, watching a lot more shit this week than anything else. Um, I've gotten like really into D&D again. Um, but like more so than like before, just because like I found like, oh, the old, like I, I started watching not actually like fully through critical role, but just like some critical role clips and shit and things like that. And then I started, I went back I'm like, oh, I used to watch this one called dice camera action. Let me, let me go check that out again. And so I did, and I'm, I'm 12 episodes in, or I guess 11, I'm on the 12th one. And, uh, it's fun, dude. They're like this. So critical role is one that's really fun. Cause it's very it's very professional, I guess, because they're all voice actors, so it helps that you know they're they're making a performance out of it. Because it's not just a bunch of friends playing D anD. d It is that, but they're also like well, we have to perform for thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Dice Camera Action was like, yeah, they're streaming it. It's official Dungeons and Dragons sanctioned shit, but it really feels like just a bunch of friends just be like, like ah, uh, go uh, do the thing. I actually watched a um, a D anD. d program recently, and it was fucking awful. What was it? Uh, it's G4 TV's fucking D&D thing. I don't know what they call it. But uh, it's just all five of their employees get together and play D&D. None of them have any chemistry together or the same sense of humor. And none of the senses of humor are good. So they all make jokes that never land with each other. And they're all bad. And uh, G4, G4's revival has been weird. Yeah, because I mean, there there are some things, and I'm like, hey, this is cool, but then there's a lot where I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'll turn it on if they're playing that hour long Scott the Waz block every now and again, and uh, I think we watched it at work once when they were actually doing E3 coverage and they were showing gameplay footage at work once, but uh, that's about it. Like everything else, I don't give a fuck about. If I'm up at 3 a.m. and I'm not playing Elden Ring, then I'm going to be watching, like, Ninja Warrior or something. But yeah. that's because that's not something that they make. Well, I'll, I I love... The thing, the thing with, like... Because a, a lot of the people on there I actually like. Like, Austin Creed is always good. I actually like Fiona. And then the guy who was a part of G4 way back in the day, who is the reason it came back, he's cool. Everybody else just kind of seems insufferable. I... I don't know if this is like a just a me thing or what, but I feel like it's. I don't like seeing the completionist in a group setting. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like I. I feel like he does his content works when it's just him or like one other guy. Yeah, but like in a big group setting, I just feel like he doesn't really fit in there. Yeah, because uh, to me, and this is no hate to Gerard, but I, 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 he always feels like he is not 
the like the the main guy in the group when he's in a group, but then when he is by himself, all attention. Or like when he's got one or two people, he's there. But then like when it comes to bigger groups, I don't think he shines as much there. Maybe that's why I don't vibe with it because it's like it makes me think of myself. No, I but yeah, it it's a thing that exists. D and D D and D campaign like finding good ones on the internet is gonna be interesting because like you have to vibe with the the people playing. Yeah, like that's why Critical Role works so well because all of them are already friends anyway. They were already playing. Well, they were playing Pathfinder, but mm-hmm. they they kind of then pushed it into D and D territory. Have you been down the uh, the Dimension Twenty rabbit hole yet? Of course, bro. Fantasy High? Fantasy High fucking slaps, dude. The... Sorry, moving my mic around. The uh, the running joke of the guy being like, are you my dad? I love that. It's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> and the uh, the second campaign they did, um, The Unsleeping City, I really like that one too. And they're doing a uh, like a second campaign of it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess it's been done for like months and they're just uploading it to YouTube. The... Uh, I know Matt Mercer was in one called Curse of the Blood Keep. Yeah. And I want to watch that because the, the, it, ke- it keeps getting recommended to me of all Nat 20s in Curse of the Blood Keep. It's Matt Mercer like fucking freaking there's out a, on the there's thing. There's a lot of high profile people in that one. But um, in in the Unsleeping City second whatever, uh, Murph, his character dies in the first one. Yeah. The Rat Man. And his new character is a Hot Topic employee. <laughs> That uh, is like trying to take down this construction company because they're like tearing down the mall that the Hot Topic is in. Hell yeah. And he just carries around a fucking Buster Sword replica and it gets confiscated by the cops and it's it's hilarious. Dimension 20, because Brennan is a great DM. Yes, dude. Brennan's great. Uh, I think so far my favorite DMs to watch is Matt Mercer, which is unfair because he's Matt Mercer. Chris Perkins, who works for D and D, and then Brennan. <laughs> yeah. So like two of them, it's unfair because like one just knows D and D off rip and has written some of the stories. Matt Mercer is a great storyteller, and then you got Brennan, who when I first saw this man, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I watch a campaign, I'm like, fuck, he's good. Well, the thing about Brennan is like. He used to play D&D with his family when he was, like, six years old. Yeah. And his mother, I think, and his father are both, like, fantasy novel writers. Oh, yeah. I so forgot that about that. He has all this influence of just fantasy lore in his head. I, I was watching him and uh, Matt talk about DMing, and he said one of the, one of the like, what kind of hurts as a DM is when you're, is when the party is like, let's go over there, and he's like, oh, you don't want to go to you the You don't want to do this thing that I made all this work for? And so for? he just goes... And just he's like, let's take this trash. entire thing and just chuck this storyline in the trash. I that that's why I don't think I could be a DM. Yeah, because like the amount of like fuck, I have to like you literally have to think about what a player could do, and it makes it ten times worse if you have that player who's like, I'm gonna try to be fucking stupid. Yeah, I think a big part of being a DM, I assume I've never done it before, but like being able to improv and work with things and rework things on the fly has to be a big skill set for them. I love, um, cause so watching critical role and I understand why people don't like it. Cause it's, it is very production heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to show you by the way, their weird animated opening they did, which is actually hype as shit after this. But, um, it's, uh, 
Matt is such an interesting, not our Matt, Matthew Mercer, um, is such an interesting DM because the way he does it is he makes everything feel like an event. Mm -hmm. Even something as simple as, I just threw a dart at a dartboard, and he'll be like, the dart soars through the thing. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then when they freak out over Nat 20s, I'm like, well, yeah, I'd freak out too because I just know Matt's going to talk about this like it's the most coolest shit ever. Yeah, I love it when a... uh when a nat 20 really gets the honor it deserves it it's it's funny too because like watching critical role there's another thing that i, I is how they role play obviously they're all voice actors mm-hmm. but like they're they do shit that i i would legitimately either break out laughing or like just be too uncomfortable to do like i don't think i could actually do like romance in a D campaign yeah just because like having to look at another player and be like and like say shit, I just be like, okay, man. <laughs> like you're like, uh. but like, and even then, but like a lot of the sad moments too. Like I don't know, I I don't necessarily get super sad like that. So I just be like, well, my character is crying, so <laughs> yeah. But like then I watch Critical and I'm just like, fuck, dude, this is emotional. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that fucking my brother, my brother and me one. Acquisitions Incorporated? No. I, I'm trying to pull up my Spotify and it just logged me out for some goddamn reason. I hope you know the timer hasn't been on this whole time. That's fine. No, whatever. At least we've been recording. Yeah. I I, just, I open my phone to check and I'm like, well, fuck, I forgot to hit start. So what we'll we'll, we'll say we've recorded for, what, 10 minutes probably? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. We'll go from there. All right, but... um. Yeah, no, it's it's so cool because like I, what I want to do if we do homebrew shit... Is like, and I know Curse of Strahd kind of gets this, but like actually do like a Castlevania D and like campaign. Yeah. Um, they did an Elden Ring one shot. Critical Role did for like Ooh. as a sponsor thing. It's not. It's it's a very like influenced by Elden Ring. Not actually they. Right. Mostly because I feel like they'd have to beat the game and then and even then read message boards to get the lore for this shit. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like influenced by it and like sponsored by Bandai Namco. So there's that. But That's that dope. was that was kind of cool. Um, but like, I'd want to do shit like Dragon Age, go full on sci-fi with it, like do a Mass Effect style one. Fuck it, play Cyberpunk, like the actual tabletop RPG for that one. That'd be really fun. I've never seen anybody play that, so I'd like to get that experience. We could also do the Star Wars tabletop one. There's there's a lot we could do, and if if we do a D and D podcast, I want I'd want to do some shit like that where it's like, especially do like one shots. Yeah, because like I feel like those would be really cool to do like a Star Wars one shot. Uh, one shots are really good too when you want to just like create a weird ass character, like a one off character that you don't really want to invest a ton of time into. That's I have, what I love those. I for. have a character that I, I created the other day that I'm just like bored out of my mind, and it's it's Gorm the Barbarian, and he's literally the dumbest motherfucker I could think to make. Hell yeah! And he he's literally just like big hammer. Big everything, but like very small brain. Yeah. But my my little caveat is to make him not a huge murder machine. Loves cute animals. <laughs> Fucking like he's got a puppy, and it's like it's the small. It's like a York, like like a Yorkie. Like I'm talking the smallest, like white girl shit. Right. One of the yeah tiny white dogs that you put you put eyes. in a purse. Yeah, that you put in a purse like that kind of dog. Mm-hmm. And so he's got one of those. And it's like anytime they come across like animals, like they'll be like like uh, Snow White type shit, where he's just got birds, like hanging on his limbs and shit, and he's just like, oh, and he's literally sitting there just like, oh, bored. 
<laughs> like, that's, that, that's a character I want to make. I don't know if that could work for a full ass campaign or like a one shot or two, but that's something I want to try. I mean, hey, if you if you play it right, it can go on forever. I there's one that I want to do that I want I want to go on for because I think it'd be really cool. And I told you about it in the gym, but I've kind of messed around with it. Is just having a wizard, like who has severe social anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, and just go from there. But like, and then like, see how that character growth can go. Because like, going from like this, just like super nervous, like yeah, he can use magic, but he's also just like like God for like charisma level out the just, just zero. But like, he's just so nervous, can't do shit. Um, like God forbid he tries to persuade or do any of that. But like, you want knowledge? You want wisdom? Got that in spades. But like anything, like when they go to the taverns, he's just sipping on water because he's like, oh, you know. super beta male wizard. Yeah. But then like, <laughs> see, see where that kind of goes. And like, cause that's another thing too, is like in, in like the D and D shit is like, yeah. How does character growth work? Cause yeah. Like if you play with a character long enough, even you'll be like, all right, let's try to like push it a bit more yeah you see where you go you gotta make decisions on what affects their personality and everything that doesn't really do anything with stats but is more interesting for that character's story that's why i like a lot of the D &D campaigns that i've been watching they don't really fuck with the whole chaotic good and neutral whatever shit yeah they just kind of let players go and for the most part a lot of them are making stuff based on their personalities but then like you can see oh well obviously this guy had a, a someone killed in front of him so he's gonna go on a murderous rampage yeah and shit like that where you can't make that decision if you're lawful good yeah it i feel like the whole uh alignment charts alignment thing can be really restricting and i don't think any of my campaigns that i've ever played have actually utilized it super heavily mm. because it's just like okay we know who the character is what would they do in this situation and with all these other characters around them and what they're like so it, it's like a moment-to-moment alignment constantly changing depending on how the character feels. That's what I like. Yeah, and that that's kind of why I think both my wizard, which I don't have a name yet, and Gorm would be fun because Gorm, I'd love to try to push it where he like gets a little smarter. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Like, cause I, could you imagine like a scene where Gorm's sitting there someone was like, hi, how you doing? It's like, can you teach me word? <laughs> like in this weird, like just like oh, there's sweet. there's like one arc where he like you go on vacation or something, and the character's gone for a week, and then he comes back and he's like, I am Golmetheus, bro. <laughs> no, okay, that happened. Oh my gosh, that happened in the Red Hood comics with Bizarro. <laughs> uh huh. Is he they he got hit with some shit? And he became the smartest motherfucker in the universe for a while. I love that, and it was great because he was literally like. Like, he went from, like, me, Bizarro, to, well, if you quantify the thing. I'm just like, what the fuck happened? And then he, like, it, it's, it was so good because he started, because he was so smart, he knew that he had an ex- expiration date for how smart he was. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I have, to, I have to try to figure out how to keep it. I can't go back to being dumb, dumb, whatever. And then Red, Red Hood and, and Artemis were like, we, we don't care if you're smart or not, dog. You're still Bizarro to us. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I want nice. that, but that'd be kind of cool, like legit being like, like get hit with a blast ray of some shit, and all of a sudden Gorm gets up, he's like, "Well, what, what, what a day that was!" He's <laughs> like, "Oh, big burly dude with the British like butler voice." Yeah, going from Green Hulk to Gray Hulk real quick. Because <laughs> I don't, I, I like, I like doing stupid. I like that shit is interesting to me. That's what I like seeing in D and D came, especially long running ones. Where it's like, oh, let's let's do something very cool and like something that's interesting, and then yeah, maybe maybe you have those those 
you know, role playing moments that are just easy down to earth stuff that's funny. Mm-hmm. But then you also can do the because I like the combat at D and D. I love the dice rolling shit. I love all that because like that's. I like, also love the combat. Figuring out what what spells to use and then trying like because n- there's something about even the little that I have played. There's something about rolling well and executing an attack with your DM telling you, "Yep, you did it," and I'm just like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." Yeah, and a big part of it for me is seeing the other people at the table with you just being like, hell yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, so I hopefully we'll have D&D stuff to you guys. It'll it'll probably be a different podcast altogether. Yeah. Um, but it will still be under the SideQuest brand, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it uh, will hopefully have that. But I yeah, I've been watching a lot of D&D. Uh, I watched the Critical Role animated show, or at least I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's got that same kind of anime style as Invincible, and I like that, and uh, which I think is it's a different animation studio. I'm pretty sure, but it's really good because because they're they are pulling from Critical Role by making it, you know, dark fantasy with humor. Yeah. So it, it is very much rated R. Nice. The first time you see Scanlan, the gnome bard, he is literally in bed with some purple skin chick whose titties are hanging out. And he like goes down on her, and while the bar fight's happening, and and the bar, the barkeep is like, and what is he doing with my daughter? And and he and he comes up from the from the covers and says, oh you you don't want to know, damn. <laughs> it's like you're better off not knowing. And I'm just like Jesus. And like they cuss, it's violent. Like there was a point where a guy's like hand gets shot, and you see fingers just fly out to the ground, and I'm just like, oh this shit's so cool. So nice. I'm really liking it. Um, Percy's my favorite character just because he's got, he, it's the edgy shit. Mm-hmm. Cause literally he, he, he pulls on like this fucking plague doctor mask and you see this black smoke and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? It's kind of cool. But, uh, other than that though, Scanlan's great. And then, um, I like Pike cause Ashley Johnson voices Pike mm. and she's kind of cool so far. She, she left the party at this point, but I think she's obviously coming back, but I like where they're going, and I cannot wait to see because they have a lot to do for Critical Role. Yeah, because the the first campaign is like 115 episodes. God damn, each like three plus hours. So they got a lot of content yeah. to go through. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, what have you been? What have you been doing that's not gaming related? Uh, I've been listening to this series of books on Audible called Viridian Gate Online. Uh, <laughs> all right, and it's it's very like Sword Art Online, like Ready Player One type of thing. Mm-hmm. The premise is that uh, there's an asteroid headed for Earth, and everyone is going to die, guaranteed. Um, but there is this game called Viridian Gate Online, and if you have one of these pods and you stay in it for three days, they added the system where you can fully upload your consciousness to it, and basically backdoor survive the cataclysm thing um and then it's like there's a chance like one in six people die from it like completely so there's a big risk to it the pods are hard to come by because everybody's looking for them um but it's it's pretty interesting i guess it's got a lot of that like rising of the shield hero like stat boost talk and things like that yeah uh but a lot of it's kind of like wish fulfillment of a naruto runner um, the main character goes with like a dark elf 
like a rogue with like this Edgy Warhammer. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh he, he goes he enters his name on the game as Grim Jack <laughs> and it's it's very cringe. And uh he definitely has a type because there are two women that is described in this book pretty heavily detailed is the main female love interest Abby who is like this thick dark skinned girl with dimples and all this stuff and he goes through heavy detail every time she shows up and then there's this one character that's just a spider queen that initially was a just a big ass spider with a disgusting voice and then in like book two he's like let's make her sexy though so he basically just makes this thick ass spider mommy and he goes through this whole thing where it's like he has to negotiate with her and she's like wearing this skin tight ass like webbing clothing and he goes into great detail about how she crosses her legs super slow and like drags her nails down his face and shit and I'm like they're about to fuck <laughs> yeah, for real. and then they didn't fuck and then I was like what the hell dude <laughs> um, I don't think you I don't think you know how talking to a woman works <laughs> yeah but like I I I fully expected the spider queen to get some dick <laughs> And it didn't happen, so I was pretty upset at that. But uh, it's it's interesting, to say the least. It's kind of like reading Sonichu. Like, you can tell what this person's life is like by reading the work. Um, but I've been doing that. Uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, I've watched Crazy Rich Asians a fucking billion times by now. Love that movie. Um, what else did I do? I read the new manga chapters that came out on Sunday. Um, I need to catch up on this. My hero is really interesting right now because somebody fucked up the transportation for the uh, the final battle, so Deku isn't even in the same arena as Shigaraki. Yeah, isn't Bakugo fighting Shigaraki? Yeah, it's like Bakugo, Best Genus, <laughs> uh, Mirko, and uh, a couple others. But uh, Deku and... Uraraka, I think, are with Toga, Uraraka right? are with Toga, yes. And then uh, Shoto... Endeavor, Ida, and Dobby are together. And I'm like, all right, do this shit first. But then they were like, no, it's best genus time for this first chapter. I was like, well, f- you, you know damn well best genus to the best hero. Let's be completely honest. I mean, apparently he is. He's like number three. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's kind of ironic because in the latest chapter of uh, Vigilantes, uh, Koichi's getting his shit rocked, and there's no hero in sight. And guess who shows up to help his ass out? Best, best genius. <laughs> he apparently just is the best genius because he fucking saves everybody in this universe. Um, read through that. I like uh, that Bakugo's getting a moment though to like against the main villain, where it's just like fuck it. Bakugo gets to be a, a cool hero, and he he's shit talking too. As, of course he as is. As you can probably, of course guess. he is. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I, if he didn't, I'd be legitimately worried. And I feel like the art has gotten like, they took a step up for this because they know all this is important because the panel specifically with Deku, Uraraka and Toga facing off, that's some like high key good ass art. Um, but I read through that. That's going good. Doran, Dorabaran. Uh, that one is kind of going through like a training arc. All right. Like uh, Dora and the little puffy boy are kind of trying to figure out how they can fight on the same level as a samurai uh, because Dora doesn't have spiritual pressure or this version of it. And uh, the Mononoke is like, wait a minute, I can just give you mine 
Because if you're touching me, I can just spread it through your body, and then it acts as like the overshield that they all have. So they figured that problem out. That's going good. Um, Ayashimon, that one is getting kind of interesting. This is the first kind of like big real battle because it feels like Maruo is finally on like an even... Okay, he could lose this one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that one's really good. I really like the guy that he's fighting and uh, the way things are going, he's going to be on their uh, their main team. So I like that. The, um, the way the gang is evolving in there, I really like. I started reading uh, Akane Bayashi, I think it's called, but it's about that Japanese stand-up storytelling thing. That one's a pretty good comedy. Um, and then Earth Child. I know we talked about Earth Child uh, while wow, like the the giant five chapter first chapter shit. Yeah, the fifty six page first chapter. They they put out a new one. They're they're on chapter three now. All right. And uh, chapter two got really fucking dark. Ooh, fun. Like they, it's after the the mother is presumed dead the uh presumed yeah because she apparently isn't now as of chapter three she's just kind of like han solo kryptonite up in space i meant to say carbonite (laughs) i wasn't gonna say it (laughs) but in my head i'm like "Mm." i haven't slipped but um anyway in chapter two the japanese government comes to the guy's house and they're like all right we're taking your son we need to raise him to be the next hero um, we're going to wipe your memory so you don't remember your wife or your son. And then he's like, no, you can't do that. That's all I have. And then he's like, no, fuck you. And then he takes his son and like puts his heel on this guy's head. And the baby is like crying for his dad. And the guy's like trying to take him out. And he's like, no, you can't. And they like erase the guy's memory. And it's previously established that it doesn't really work on him because he really loves this girl. And it's just, you know, Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Yep. But then the baby starts, like, force-choking this guy's neck, and he, like, pops an artery, and there's blood spewing everywhere, and the baby's just, like, you can see a handprint on this guy's neck as he's just writhing on the ground, and the guy that, like, the father's, like, begging the baby to stop choking this guy. And, uh, yeah, it was really fucked up and dark, but also really good. And uh, Black Clover, I haven't gotten too far in, but uh, Yami is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing outside of gaming stuff. Uh, I've, I watch more Bleach. I'm on the, I'm on the Fullbring arc, so I'm literally, I'm literally almost done. Nice. Um, the Fullbring arc gets way too much hate. I think it's great. Uh, it's, and especially when you tie it in with the filler arc before it. So in the manga, it goes from the, the decisive battle. I think that's what it's called. Like the, or the Aronkar final battle arc into Fullbring because Ichigo loses his powers in that battle. And mm-hmm. then he has no powers in Fullbring. In the anime, they have an entire season where Ichigo knows his powers are going away. So instead of just, oh, they're gone, it's, fuck, I'm gonna lose them. And it's way cooler, and it makes the Fullbring arc way better, because now you have an entire season of Ichigo having to come to terms with, I can't, like, I'm gonna lose this. And then in Fullbring, he's... Because he's a high school kid, he's like, fuck, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I want powers. Because, like, anytime there's hollows, because he can't feel it anymore. Like, he lost it all. And so, all his friends go fight monsters, and he's just stuck at school, stuck with a part time job and all this shit. And he's like, this fucking sucks. Like, he, he misses that shit. I'd, he had a purpose in life. I'd probably kill myself and, if uh, shit like that happened to me. And, uh, 
this dude comes up and is like, hey, I can I can help you get powers. And Ichigo, because he's so desperate to get that shit back, doesn't realize that it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. And just goes for it. And he gets to have full bringer powers, which is what Chad has. So Chad, even though this is where Kubo was like, uh, I don't know what to do with Chad. So he's not even a part of this arc realistically, which he should have been. But like, yeah, whatever. that's it's fucked up. But uh, but uh, Ichigo gets full bringer powers, and it's like, okay, cool. Now he can fight again. Uh, but God, the character design is so fucking good in Bleach, dude. Yeah. Every, and also, I, I will say this again: it's very refreshing to see just black characters who are just excellently drawn that aren't like big puffy lips and fucking weird, uh, just the Japanese caricature of a black person. Yeah. Tai Kubo was just like, I just I'm gonna draw him and then give him darker skin. That's it. And it's, it works. Jackie Tristan. Great. Every time she's on screen, I'm just like, or page, which is great. Whatever. Fuck it. Both. I'm just like, hell yeah. This it's really well drawn. Y- Yami and bleach. The bit, this big dude was black. You, Yoroichi is one of the main characters. She's black. It is great. Every every time there's a black character, it's never or a person of color. It's never like, it never feels racist. Yeah, it just feels like they're just naturally that way, and they're well, just there and, because they are. And then Chad, Chad's name is Sato Arisada, but he is half Mexican, mm-hmm. and they dedicate an entire and when they're explaining his backstory, an entire chapter to his abuelo. And what that means to Chad. And I'm like, you literally went out of your way to write the fucking word abuelo in Japanese. Or whatever the fucking translation was. Right. And you were like, no, no, we're going to show you that Chad grew up in Mexico for a little bit. Hell yeah. And I'm like, that's so sick, dude. So I love Bleach. Bleach is great. And I'm almost done with that. And ready for October so I can watch the last season. I want to find a copy of Burn the Witch. With the book or the manga or the yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure that Barnes and Noble. Yeah, that's true. I need to go over there. And plus, I got my copy. You want to borrow it? That's true, but I need to own it. Fair. It's really good. I love Burn the Witch too. That the art style is great there. The I, we need to watch the anime. Is Are it you? out yet? Oh no, yeah, the anime is or it's it's technically a movie, but it was three episodes. So oh, split well, into three episodes. Yeah, it's on Crunchyroll. I thought it was just like a trailer for something that was coming out. I'd love to watch that. No, yeah, it's it's really good. But um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Ready to get into the games? Hell yeah. All right. I'll let you go first, because you've been hyping me up for this shit. Uh, BJ, BJ texted me and said, yo, I've been playing this game. It's pretty lit. You're going to love it. I'm like, oh, cool. What is it? He's like, no, 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 no. Tuesday. And I'm like, all right. So You already know of this game, but I don't think you know the particulars of it. Okay. But uh, I'll start with saying that I did start uh, Triangle Strategy. Uh, it's it's great so far. Okay. Um, the combat is very similar to D and D, as was my first impression. Um, I love. I think her name is Anna, the rogue, because you can just hide and send her all the way around back and just fuck everybody up in a pincer motion. That's great. Uh, there's a lot of variety in the characters. Optional characters all over the place. It feels yeah. it feels like Fire Emblem Awakening in a way. Fuck yeah. Uh, but it's it's incredible. The story is good. There's a lot of good choices you can make. Um, there's how, how is the choice system? Because I know it's like a when you make a choice, that little scale happens. Mm-hmm. So can you already tell that there's going to be like if you play it a second time, you will get differences like heavy. Absolutely, because in uh, like chapter two or three, 
very early on in the game. Uh, they give you a choice after the big like meeting of nations. They're like, all right, we need to send one house to this nation and one house to the other nation. And uh, just as like envoys to, you know, escort the people that we had here back and everything. And you actually get to choose which one you go to. Um, so already like that's a huge difference right there. But um, the way that that decision takes place is that there is a literal scale and each one of your um, like main characters in the game has one of these coins, and you like debate. And whenever they make a decision, they place their coin on whichever side of the scale matches their decision. And uh, before you do that, you actually can go around and like convince the other characters, be like, "Oh, well, if we go to this nation, we can see how their medicine works." Or uh, there's different dialogue options that mesh with each different character's personality, so it feels really deep and. Um, just I went to Hyzant, which is like the um, the kind of Egyptian, like Middle Eastern style country that's very like religious um, because they have like ex- exceptional magic and uh, like medicine skills over there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if I can get one of my healers to like study that, that'd be cool. But um, <clears throat> you go there, some shit goes down, and you actually get a character from that nation because you chose to go there. So I know that if I had gone to Esfrost, there would be a character there for me too. So they I'll, already I can see the differences piling up. Nice. So uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of replay value, and I haven't even gotten t- past the point where the first demo like ended. <laughs> the first demo was like mid-chapter 6. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, it's incredible. I've been playing a lot of that, and the same day I picked up Elden Ring. Um, it's It's great. Like... I know everyone's talking about it, but I I haven't felt this way about a game since, like, Shadow of the Colossus, and that's what it feels the most like to me. Like, I know a lot of people are comparing it to, like, Breath of the Wild, but in a way, I kind of find it better than Breath of the Wild, because every little, like, square foot in that game, there's something to see. And Breath of the Wild, there's a lot of, like, open fields that are beautiful, but here it's like, okay, there's shit around every corner. And there's lore in those pieces of shit. I want to point out that this is also their first time making an open world. And they have done better than most open world games in getting you to explore the fucking open world. Yeah. Um, have you seen the uh, the Twitter conflict? Where it's Between a bunch of... Uh, Horizon devs and other devs being like, No, this is... This yeah, game's shit because... The user the, interface sucks. Well, they're like the user interface and then the user experience... Or however they go is like, oh, you're not not being it pretty much pretty much like saying like, oh, you're not helping the player. You're not doing this. It's like, no, it's not that they're not helping the player. They're letting the player make decisions in the world. I don't need an invisible rope tugging me in a certain direction, which Elden Ring still does. Every time you go to a thing of grace, it'll point you in the way you're supposed to go. And but this one thankfully doesn't go. Yeah, you can only go there. It's like, no, no, no. What about the cave over here? What about this thing over here? What about that? So like it. It treats the player like they're not an idiot. Yeah. Which I would rather have than anything, than like anything. Because like, Jesus Christ, this open world is so full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like I've beaten so many optional bosses just because I found one. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up. There are so many like optional caves that you can just go and find and it's... You go down in them, you fight a boss. Some of them are really unique, too. There's one that I just fought before I came over called the um, 
the summoning snail or something that uh, when you go into the boss room, a spirit of this really powerful warrior pops up and he one hits you. Um, but there's also this like glowing light in the corner that just kind of like moves around slowly and you can't get a hit in on this warrior. So if you run away from him and smack at the light, it, you know, becomes corporeal for a second. It's just a fucking big snail that summoned this guy. And every time you hit him, he's like, Oh God, I got to move. So you're the, this whole boss fight is basically avoiding the big guy and hunting the snail. And I thought that was really fun and unique, but, um, like there's, there's so much crazy shit. I thought that I had seen most of the map and then I beat the grafted. And then I realized that the map zoomed out from there and there's a whole half of the map that I haven't even touched. The only the, the reason I found that shit out was because you know that so you know okay, you can skip Margaret, technically. I don't think you can continue the story. I don't know how that works, but there's this broken ass bridge. Mm-hmm. If you jump off into this little thing, you can go literally walk around the castle, and go to the other side. Damn. And I did that. And when I found a Lost Grace, I'm like, oh, where is this? And I did it. And the map is fucking bigger. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I, the first time I realized that I was exploring in um, like one of the ruins or something, and I opened a chest, and it was like, oh, you're getting teleported. Yeah, I haven't found one of those yet, but I cannot wait to find one. I found two so far. One of them puts you in a crystal cave with a bunch of enemies that will fuck you up. Yep. And then one of them takes you to the capital, which is like right under the massive tree. And it's like this big golden white gilded city. And I was like, where the fuck is this? And I opened my map and it was just one little spot of light in a sea of gray. And I was like, oh my God, this is like way farther north than I thought I could go. Um, so like even when I think, okay, I've seen most of this stuff. It's like, here's 80 billion more things to do. It, I think that's why I'm so hyped for this game because... It looks like that there would not be, there's not going to be enough, like, time to do it. Yep. And, like, I, I, cause I can't wait to find those weird ass weapons that are fucking, like, cause there's just some things you're like, okay, this is cool. But then you find, like, cause I remember finding in, like, Dark Souls 3 some sick weapons that I'm like, oh, this is going to make fights so much cooler. Elden Ring is more fluid mm-hmm. because of the jumping. Yeah, and because of your uh, your special attacks that like take away your mana, because like, dude, I don't care if it, it it's the coolest shit to unsheath the katana when you when you put it in the thing and just swipe up. Mm-hmm. It's the coolest shit. And then I've seen shit on TikTok and Instagram and shit of people doing way cooler, like like have a giant blood sword and fling of energy beam at people. And I'm like, God, yep. I I need that shit so bad. The flash step. And the uh, there's one that's basically just a magic Kamehameha. Uh, there's so much versatility. Like, you can go through this game several different times and never do something the same way twice. I mean, there's enough starting classes that you could... that you, Literally, your starting part of the game could be different enough times. Yeah, and, I, like, I started with Hero, and I primarily started with just, you know, like, uh, physical attack stuff. But now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I'm level 60 now. I've only beaten two bosses and I've just grinded and explored so much that I'm level 60. But um, now it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to summon like spirits to do most of the fighting. and I'm going to hang around back and just do backstabs the whole time. So that's great. Um, I discovered this thing that's like beast magic. 
So it's like, it feels like they're just like, okay, you guys like Bloodborne? Here's some beast shit. Well, because I saw a video of someone fighting Margaret with a fucking jellyfish. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck am I Forgive looking Forgive me, at? father. <laughs> I, I think, so right now I think the only beast that I have that I can summon is just wolves. Um, but The wolves are good, though. Like, they can evade and stuff. I, I honestly might just summon them in the... Because, well, don't they take your FP? Like, they, they do. Is it like a depletion and once it's gone, you can't still they'll go away? Or is it like... Well, yes. Um, or do they stay for a little longer? It's basically when they get killed, they okay. go away. Other than that, they're basically like summoning a cooperative okay. character. Um, but if you if you have the FP for it, you can summon a couple of different guys... Like, I went into, because uh, I got so pissed off at that second boss fight with the grafted guy. I kept dying and dying and dying and dying and dying. And then I found out that if you go back towards the um, like the main road of the castle, there's a lady in one of the rooms that you can be like, hey, I'm here to fuck this guy up, you in? She's like, hell yeah, bro, summon me up there. So you get up there, you can summon her. And then I assigned, because um, I didn't have much FP, but I had enough to do one sect of three spirits which were like mages and then one of these two night guys so i just rolled in there with six motherfuckers <laughs> plus myself and i was like you're going down today <laughs> and i, I got him i think i need to start doing that because i've been i have been fighting margaret with like this little summon sorcerer mm-hmm. and i've got dude i literally before you got here i'm talking 25 percent left of that health dude and those like, are the Fuck. worst when was, you get to that point and then die and you just feel so defeated. I I literally, and I'm so glad the laptop wasn't here, I punched the fucking desk. My, see, I was I, so angry. I feel like I'm autistic or something <laughs> because like every time I die, because I know it's my fault every time. Well, that's the thing, is is playing Souls games, right? I think Dark Souls 1, maybe, maybe a little bit of Dark Souls 2, but 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Elden Ring. It is 100% your fault The game every doesn't suck, time. I suck. Yeah. So I always do this thing where I like punch myself in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I played this game all night last night, and then I... I got to level 60 and turned it off, and I was like, man, why the fuck my head hurts so bad? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's because I punched myself in the face 15 times throughout the night. Have you seen, oh, my gosh, that video where it's like, bro, how patriotic are you? And this guy gets up and just starts punching his <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing, dude. And I would like, die, and I would just go, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm surprised I haven't broken my fucking controller. I've literally been like... I think it's just because I know it's like 150 bucks. So I'm just like, mm. <laughs> dude, I've like, oh my gosh. I, dude, okay. The one that got me was, is that 25% thing? Mm-hmm. When I died, I literally exited out and almost uninstalled the fucking game. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I, I just put it down. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. You just got to be calm no, for no, that I'm, first three I'm, seconds and then you're good. <laughs> I was just like, I think my thing is I, I I rely too heavily on dodging. Yeah. So like he'll he'll wind up in a wind up that's three seconds and I dodge and go fuck. And I dodge again and it's like shit, he still didn't attack. And then he attacks. Yeah, my, like, my thing God, is I it. never dodge in the right direction. I'm I'm realizing that too, because I the thing is like I need to start focusing on the attacks more because it's like, yeah. I because my dumbass is like, well if I dodge toward him, the iframes, and I'm like, no, fuck off. I just yeah. need to I, 
Dude, and what's so I have two files, and I'm playing as a samurai now. The reason I got him in 25 is because I got the sorcerer, and he's doing his shit, and I'm literally in the back, pop shot with arrows, <laughs> and uh, and then I I just did a bunch of flaming arrows, and then used the unsheath like powerful move, mm-hmm. and that's how I would cheese dated that close, brother. I was, mm. yeah, it's it's infuriating, but once you finally get it, you're just like, oh. <laughs> It's it's one of those moments where you're just like fuck yeah oh my gosh yeah it's it's a great feeling. But, Did you uh, see that video I saw on TikTok where this girl was like, "If you win this fight, I'll show you my titties," and literally, he didn't get hit one more time <laughs> the whole fight and won. And he just you can hear the controller drop. He goes, "Show me the titties," and the girl beside him is laughing her ass off. He's like, show me those titties. <laughs> that's the kind of motivation I need. That's why, that's why I need me a girlfriend. I don't care if she games or not. I just need someone to be here with me when I'm raging at Elden Ring. All right. <laughs> speaking of, of speaking, being there with somebody, the girl and the, the girl who you can just go rest on. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a game call me out for being alone before, but there it is. Yeah. I, uh, I went back to the, uh, the round table or whatever they call it. The rounded table. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> and I went back in that room and she was like, oh, it looks like the rune is still active. Do you want me to hold you anyway? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same. Uh, I felt so single <laughs> at that moment where I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's... Dude, that's actually another thing, though. The NPCs in this game are awesome. Like, yeah. I remember, I remember playing like Dark Souls 3 and occasionally finding an NPC and be like, oh, cool. But this one, they're abundant and like there. Did you beat the, uh, the, like the, the ghost boat, boatman guy? Uh, the one in the ruins? Yeah, like the purple looking motherfucker. Yeah, I yeah. Did. Easiest boss fight, by the way. Yeah. Because you just horseback it and you're fine. But, um, I beat a dragon last night too. Was it the one in the little swamp area? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Dude, so, dude. W- when he comes in for the first time, fucking terrifying. So, okay. Here's how that worked for me, right? I was just running, and then all of a sudden I see a health bar, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around, fucking dragon. I'm like, oh shit. I almost beat him because I was just running with the horse, jumping over fire, doing the thing, and I didn't get hit once until the end, and it was a one shot. Yep. And I'm just like, fuck. They're powerful. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight that thing soon, but I'm like, god dang it, that was so good. But once you get that dragon heart, you get access to dragon magic. And that shit is OP. Oh, fuck. But uh, when I first encountered him, I was on horseback and I walked over because there's like a burning effigy and all these like ghouls around it. Yeah. And I was like, what are all these fuckers doing? They're just staring at this thing. And then whoosh, he just comes down and takes all of them out at once. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's a dragon. <laughs> and I just dipped. <laughs> I no, wasn't even gonna try. The thing, the thing with me is every I I do this thing, and this is this is probably why I hate the fucking Soul series so much and love it at the same time. If I see it, I'm gonna try. Um, did you? So did you? Uh, when you beat the the guy, did you talk to that that Roman centurion armor looking motherfucker? And he tells you, "Hey, go to this marking, and it'll send you to to this guy, and you have to give him dead root." It's this big. Oh yeah, the yeah the beast guy. Yeah. So um, I went there right. Mm-hmm. And so I went in, did the thing, got the, the the grace pile, whatever. And I walked out the door, and there's that fucking statue-looking thing standing there. And I just went, I'll try. And I hit it. And I'm like, cool. And Health then bar I, doesn't move at all. No, and then I see, yeah, boss bar. And I went, 
fuck. Yep. So then I'm like, I get on horseback, start running, and literally just a giant poom of fire, and all I'm dead. And so then I had to uh, finagle it in order because I had five thousand runes, oh. and I, I I got on horseback, ran past him, got my shit, and just bolted. And yeah, so I was just like, fuck. And then what made it worse is that you can't fast travel if you're like. If you're, like, aggroed by an enemy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just running until he goes away. Mm-hmm. And so finally he goes away, and I'm like, thank God. And so I fast show just back to, like, the church in Limegrave. I'm like, okay, there's, like, no enemies around here. So I'm good. Have you? Did you beat the Tree Sentinel, by the way? The horseback golden dude? Uh, I haven't yet, because I fought him really early on. Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably fight him now. Yeah, I, I think I could take him now, because I got really close even then. But um, I've seen people beat him pretty early because they get on, especially once they unlock the horse. Yeah, everyone just seems to go back to that guy. Torrent. That's another thing that I have to compare with Shadow of the Colossus. The horse is my favorite character. Absolutely, <laughs> Torrent's great. But uh, I feel so bad every time he's like died for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, fuck. I like that you can feed him little berries though. You can. Yeah, if you Wait, uh, what? It's it's one of the first crafting things that you get, but uh it's some of the most common things you can find, but it actually does restore his health when you're riding him. You can just lean over and like feed him some berries. It's really nice. Dude, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I go back on this fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. But uh that area around the uh the beast sanctum, I think it's called. That's where I've been doing most of my grinding because it's these little short motherfuckers in tall hats. That uh, they'll fuck you up really bad if they get their hands on you. But if you're on torrent and you just circle them and just keep slashing at them, uh, they give you a thousand runes when you kill one of them. And there's a bunch of them in that area. So I've just been riding around, like, systematically killing each one. But if two of them get on you, you're fucked. So I've just been trying to pick off the little ones. And that's how I've been getting most of my runes. Um, and I also just got one of the items to respec, but I haven't gotten to the academy yet. So I. I'm planning on boosting my magic by quite a bit, but I haven't gotten to that point where I can do it yet. I, yeah, this game's great, dude. I I have honestly never, like, even though I suck at it, I keep going back because I'm like, this is so fucking fun. Yeah. And it's just like, and what I love too is that this game is one that I can put on something in the background if I want to grind and just do shit. Mm -hmm. So that's where I've been listening to a lot of D&D shit, but I'm still just like, I, I, there are times where I'm forgetting about the D&D podcast and I'm so focused. That, that's like, me with the audiobooks. Shit. Yeah, like I'm like I'm literally just looking at shit and going, "Oh my gosh." I'm like, "Oh fuck, right. What happened?" <laughs> and dude, I just the story alone, like for what little it is there, I'm like, I like it. But god dang it, dude. There's there's something so interesting. Like it's it's the small quality of life things, like the fact that you can get your flasks back if you beat an entire group of enemies. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, like, I'm never, like, worried about using health potions. If I get down, I'm going to use it. Yeah. Um, on my on my hero playthrough, I think I have six uh, health ones. And because I'm not using, at least on that one, a lot of special attacks, I'm not... I have, like, two of the blue ones. And I don't um, use any blue <clears throat> ones right now. I just waste all my magic in the beginning of a big fight, and then I'll go back to the thing and restore it if I have to. But right now I have a total of nine flasks that I can use, and I've upgraded them so far that my uh, if I get down to like one health and I use it, it all the way back up. So I'm I'm in a good spot with that. But uh, I, I'm just so bad at it that I need the magic. So I I'm hoping to grind through the academy and respec a couple of points from strength because I've got like forty. 
So I think I'm going to take like maybe 10 of those, put them into intelligence or something. Because I found the uh, that very overpowered meteorite spell, the big purple balls that yeah. just shoot. And I found the uh, the meteorite staff too. They're all kind of in that like uh, the rot area. Yeah. So uh, I'm planning on utilizing those. Did heavily. you did you do that first uh, secret area that's in the tutorial chamber, where if you have a stone sword key, it unlocks that fog, and you can go down? No, because I don't think I had a key at the time, and then I bought keys to like go back to it, and then on the way back to it, I found like three different places, and I'm there, like, there's Ooh. a there's a tree boss fight there, but you have to get past the fucking giant chariot thing that will kill you in one hit mm. um so you have to like finagle it by like jumping off a thing a ledge and then running like a motherfucker jumping off another ledge the whole thing to get past it but there's a boss at the end of it and uh it's uh i haven't i haven't fought the boss i watched i was watching youtube for it but it's pretty solid there's also what's that like have you because I was in the cave. There's that cave right before, like the the gates. Uh, the one fight, that's like the beast man inside. Like right past the church. Yeah, you go right past the church. So there's so if you go right past the church, there's that cave where you fight that weird sphinx thing. Yeah, that boss fight. There's one where as you're going to that little group of soldiers, it's right before the big gate with that giant monster. If you go back, there's the guy sitting next to the fire pit who you, fu- you yeah, kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you cave, go in there and it's... Uh, it's like this weird... It's like a weird encampment up. in there where you fight the guy. Yeah. Yes. There's another one where you fight a dude and he's like, whoa, you're tarnished too? Oh, shit. Because you can steal his shit. And he goes, oh, you thief. And you go fight him. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It looks like we're both... And you don't beat him. You, you get him to half health, and then I guess you hit him one more time, and he goes, all right, we're friends now. And he offers to sell you shit later when you when he uh, when he gets his shop up and running. That's dope. But what makes it funnier is you still have to go through all of the undead motherfuckers in front to get to the shop. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, the fucking gold scarab is not a foolhardy venture. Oh, really? Like, I... I thought, like, I I got one of those pellets that's supposed to, like, alleviate the rot a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought it was supposed to make you immune. It does not. Uh, I Because you have to walk through, and it doesn't let you run. It doesn't let you jump. You have to, like, slog through this thing, and there's, like, geysers that hurt you really bad. So you're absolutely going to get rot. And uh, you have to go all the way down through this cave, and then you have to fight a boss that is actually, like, two or three bosses it's like Abyss Watchers oh, nice. from fucking Bloodborne. Fuck. I'm like, God damn it, I just wanted a couple extra runes. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I'm like trying to grind and going back there every once in a while. I'm like, can I do it now? And it's like, no. <sighs> so I, I don't know. I need to find something. Maybe there's some equipment somewhere that'll let me be immune to rot. But other than that, I'm fucked on the gold scarab. Yeah, I'm not going to try now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I... Oh man, dude! I, I every time I, I find something, like, that's what's so interesting is I, I I've always just found something under every every nook and cranny. Like, uh, what was it? I found that uh, when when I'm I was exploring the the thing. Did you find that like little place? It's like this little temple, and you go and onto the the pedestal, and it takes you underground. Yes. And it's the fucking beautiful That area looking. is so pretty. It's so good, but I got my ass handed to me by those slow-walking statue bitches. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, all right. Those those aren't even the worst part of that. Like, there's... 
you get further in and there's these Shao Tucker looking motherfuckers that uh they have these spectral arrows and they will snipe you from across the map. You can go behind cover and be like, oh, I'm safe. And then another one will see you from another side of the map and just send an arrow two times the size of your body through your neck and kill you immediately. I I, I got, uh, on my hero playthrough, I got the, the little grace thing and I just kind of went. And I found a lot, a lot of golden runes. I'm like, oh, cool. But then, like, yeah, I was like, I'm like, oh, explore a little more. And I saw these guys. I'm like, oh, they're slow. I'm good. But then, like, three of them attacked kind of the same time. Yep. So just three fucking things. I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I need to leave. Yeah, there's a uh, one of the areas that you can get teleported to from a chest is called the uh, the something crystal cave, and you go in there and there's these like crystal golem guys that are like mining. Great. And uh, I've been using a lot of bladed weapons because I have been a hero, and um, they they are made of rock. So when you hit them, your sword bounces off. So you have that extra couple seconds where you're just fucked, and uh, it's it's really stressful. <laughs> but um. Yeah, the uh, the Berserk Sword. I did get it. I've upgraded it maybe once, and oh, it's still yeah. my best, like, great sword. I need to... So, what? wielding a great sword, how much... What do you need? Like... Um, a lot of endurance, and uh, just, like, stamina. Okay. And really light armor, because you want to lower your load. Um, but it's so fucking So, it's cool. like glass cannon type sword, pretty much. You want to, like... You're going to... Yeah, you, I mean... Your you, armor's probably not going to be high, but you're also going to... Yeah. Right. And uh if you're if you're not wearing a lot of armor, you can evade a lot better. And um pretty early on you can get that evasion step thing that just uses FP so you don't have to dodge roll all the time. Yeah. And that's a lot quicker. Um <clears throat> you can like block with the the big swords too, so that's nice. But uh I got this uh this spell that just applies like fire or blood or poison or whatever. I've got a couple of them. But um, <clears throat> I went into that uh, that second boss, the grafted guy, and I uh, had my six motherfuckers with me, and I was carrying that big-ass sword, and I, it was the first time I activated the spell, but he, like, takes it off his shoulder and just... With his Hell hand down the yeah, blade, brother. and, like, the poison effect goes all the way down, and it looks so dope. I'm so glad I murdered that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get that the gut sword because I need I need to get it. It's it's really nice and you can you can probably get it just by cheesing your way through that area and jumping onto the thing. I have mostly cheesed my way through a lot of areas getting shit. Yeah. <laughs> the horse is great. The fact that the horse can double jump is a godsend. Amen. I, Torrent is the goat. Oh, speaking of a uh, horse like dude, horse fighting? Like uh, horse like horseback combat is great. Yeah, um, I I really like that. The the fucking so I was exploring at night and there was a bridge, right? Mm -hmm. Where normally there's just a guy with a horse. Yeah. And this time I'm like, oh he looks different. So I ran up and hit him and boom, boss fight and it said night watcher and I went Fuck. I got into a skirmish with that guy too very early on and he kicked my ass. But yeah. I guess I didn't realize that his name was Night Watcher and not Night with a K Watcher. And now I realize that I can face him if I go back there at night and realize that I'm also retarded. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a great game. Like, I could go on for hours, and next time we talk, I'm probably going to have so much more to share. Yeah, like, this is going to be the game we're going to talk about for a while. Because, like, it's... 
neither of us are gonna finish this anytime soon. Yeah, I I hope I feel bad because I know we we so we talked about going doing a Xenoblade spoiler cast. I've literally had no desire to go back to Xenoblade because of El- I've not I've not had a desire to play anything because of Elden Ring. It has sucked me into the point where I'm like fuck gaming. I just just Elden Ring. The only times that I've played anything else are when I'm like okay, I should probably go lay down. It's late, and then I'll go to my room and whip out my Switch or my Vita. For this other game, but uh, yeah, like if if you're not playing Elden Ring, you're probably doing yourself a big disservice right it now. It is so good. It is so difficult, but so good. Yeah. And like, oh man, I'm loving this game so much. Like it to me, this this so, and I haven't even beaten the game. This is how good it is. It is inching its way into my top ten games of all time. Yeah, I, it's definitely going to be game of the year. I think. Rip Horizon again. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's what's funny to me, is that if Elden Ring wins Game of the Year... Granted, we, we still have Starfield, we still have uh, probably God of War, um, and stuff like that, but, like, yeah, dude, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. If God of War is as good as I think it's going to be, and if Starfield is Bethesda's magnum opus they're trying to s- claim it is, dude, Game of the Year discussion is going to be fucking difficult. Yeah, but, I mean, hey, the Game Awards will be really interesting. I do it if Elden Ring wins, because Sekiro won. Yeah. If Elden Ring wins, I cannot wait to see people complain, because they're like, this game is too hard. It, it's not even that good graphically. Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck? And I'll be like, yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. It drew people in. They're just saying that because they're maidenless. <laughs> I love I love that. My favorite is someone did the thing was like, you keep saying I have no bitches, <laughs> but where are yours? <laughs> I love. I watched this video of this guy that went back, and he was like, "Oh, I see you have a maiden now." And he's like, "Yeah, that's right, bitch." And then he killed him. <laughs> I want to hit NPCs, but I'm like, ah, I feel like I'll die. Some of them you actually can't. Like they have magic oh, barriers nice. if they're quest givers, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's very robust. There's so much shit you can do. I'm I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go back to try to fight because. It was so funny that, like, you said the dragon thing, because, yeah, you you just kind of walked up, and then, boom, dragon. I rode past it, and I'm just like, oh, whatever, and then health bar, and I went, what the fuck? And then I, I hear the sound of people dying, mm-hmm. and I just turn around, and he's just looking at me, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus. You want to know something crazy? Yo, what up? That's one of the small ones. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, man. I was exploring... Uh, maybe a day or two ago. Speaking of which, I just want to point out, I got this game on Friday. It is now Tuesday. Guess how many hours I have in this bitch? Over 100? 36. Oh. Only 36? But from Friday to Tuesday. I I, I guess, yeah. That's more than a day. (laughs) I've had the game since launch, and like, I think, uh, yeah, my hero playthrough has a lot, and then I had, I, because I did that thing where I started a bunch of different styles to Mm -hmm. see if what I like. And so I finally just went hero. I like samurai, but I kept getting fucking killed. So I'm like, I'm just gonna do big axe. And uh, but now I know how to fucking play. So now I'm like, I think I can play any of them. Yeah. I might I might start a cleric one just to have the magic up higher, so I can start doing magic shit. Cleric and I hear astrologer or astrologist good. is really good. I think well I think it's astrologer <laughs> and um, prisoner are very good for new players. Yeah. They say. So I'm I'm kind of into that. I might play the astrologer because the astrologer has a sword at least. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a set that you can get like in the peninsula that uh, it's an armor set, but it's just called the astrologer set, and it's this dope like black robe 
like the black hood and everything. And I'm like, damn, I don't even have that much magic, but I want to put this bitch on. There's, dude, there's a lot of shit. Like my hero playthrough, I have the, like the the green and uh, orange like knight armor that you get off the enemies because mm-hmm. that's all I've been able to find. But like, I I'm I'm gonna I think at some point I'm gonna start looking up guides. I haven't yet. I'm trying to play as blind as I can, but just to be like, all right, good weapons, early game type shit to try to find like this is the best shit available and then go from there. Cause yeah, dude, there is so much shit in like just in the game, whether it be weapons or like armor or yeah. Finding out that you can summon beasts. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm what the fuck? I, I don't know where it appears and I've only seen one little clip of it, but I know that at some point in this game, you fight Artorius. Like he's in is there. That this somewhere. game or is that? That's Elden Ring. Are you sure? Because I know I know people were bringing up because I saw a TikTok of Artorius like jumping into an arena. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was the DLC for Dark Souls Three. It's something different because it's like he he appears out of this like weird like shadow realm thing, and it's like he's not fully there, and it's it looks fucking metal as fuck. Um. Yeah, I, I can't find it. I hit Artorius in uh, Elden Ring. Uh, I can't find it, but that alone. So look at this, Malakith the Black Blade. Look how sick that looks. Yeah, that's dope as hell, dude. Okay, we talked about gameplay a lot. The fucking design. Design alone everything. sells this game. This is where George R. R. Martin is such a fucking great fantasy guy because the lore and the like, you can tell immediately this is not your normal Dark Souls or Bloodborne Miyazaki level creativity. This mm-hmm. is absolutely a collaboration, mostly because of how buildings look, how armor looks. Everything is that dark fantasy, but like European dark fantasy. Yeah. Because like Dark Souls is dark fantasy, but with like a Japanese flair to it, where it is where it's berserk level types of shit. Yeah, this is like a mix of berserk and and again because it's George R. Martin, but like Game of Thrones and Narnia shit. There's a lot of like um, like Lord of the Rings yeah type stuff in there too because I found a uh, there's a weapon that basically is just Anduril. That you can find, and it's it's sick. In the, in the character customization, the fact that there's a draconian skin tone, which is just black, like stone-looking skin, I was like, hell yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, it's it's basically just a love letter to, like, fantasy. Dude, and that I think that's, and, like, that's why I fucking love this game, because, like, it is scratching every itch i have is like a fantasy nerd mm-hmm. but then also as someone who loves action games this is one of the most robust combat systems i've fucking played yeah i fucking love this game dude like every boss like even i fucking hate him margaret but his design is cool it's fucking murder hobo who then all of a sudden can use a fucking light hammer i'm like oh it's so cool and like i'm looking at other bosses online on tiktok even the side bosses the dragons look sick yeah. Everything looks so cool. Oh, yeah. Back to what I was saying about... Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's one of the small ones. Uh, I was riding around in, um, like, one of the corner areas, like, before you finish the castle. It's in, like, it's way past the rot, almost up towards where the Beast Sanctum is. 
but uh, I was riding past this tree, and there was this like massive thing. It was like a big white root of a tree with hair on it. I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was like taller than me, and I was on torrent. So I tried jumping on it, and then it's it like it started to move, and I noticed these wings come up from the ground, like in the distance, and I noticed that this massive thing that was so big that I couldn't see it from all the stuff around me because it was just laying like in the earth, kind of was a dragon, and I will never be able to kill that thing just because of my own courage. It this uh man dude I don't know man it's 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 a game that like is absolutely gonna go down in history yeah and I hope to God it it does something for open world games. Because there is something about this game that literally allows you to... And maybe it's because there's not, like, cinematic storytelling and all this other stuff that dev time would go to. That's one thing that I love about the the Souls games and FromSoft in general, because they, they focus so much on the gameplay. The gameplay is top tier always. Yeah. But then their storytelling is through, you know, small bits of dialogue, item descriptions, and lore bits you find here and there. And it it makes it so, like... It, it feels like everything is you naturally discovering something. Yeah. Like, you are just some dude who shows up, and you now learn about the world you're in through all this stuff, which works for the lore of that thing, because you're, you're supposed to be this just undead husk thing. You're a random NPC, pretty much, who just gets shoved in this world. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking great, dude. Yeah, it's... It's incredible. Like I could go on forever about it, but uh, the uh, the other game that I have been holding off on telling you about, uh, the game that should have been Final Fantasy VII, Xenogears. All right. I uh, I've been watching a lot of Xenoblade Three coverage and all that, and uh, the the Xenoblade expert Luxon who if you're a Xenoblade fan you should look him up because he he has absolutely the most Xenoblade content on the internet. Hmm. Um he he's done a lot of analysis on all the Xenoblade 3 content, even like the Japanese website stuff. And he's like this game is more than anything a sequel to Xenogears from everything that they've shown us. So I was like, you know what? I'll go back and start playing it. Um Chapter one starts off, and it's kind of like you're the orphan with amnesia in this village. Yeah. That uh, kind of got dropped here as a baby. And, uh, you know, you're getting ready for your best friend's wedding. His wife, like, they have this tradition in the village where you can only marry someone that was born in the village. But, like, the, the fiancés always kind of had a thing for Faye. Yeah. Who's the main character. And, like, you, you build relationships with all these characters, and it's like, okay, well, the guy's your best friend, but, you know, you have this, like, unspoken thing with this girl. And uh, it's just, like, you can see all the love and everything in these characters. Then one day, the village gets attacked yep. by these motherfuckers and these giant mechs called Gears. And uh, Faye finds one that's unmanned somehow, and he's like, okay, I'm going to get in there and try to defend the village. Um, his best friend gets shot. And then Faye goes off the deep end and kills 
everyone that he loves in this village by his own hand because he lost control. And then uh, he wakes up the next day. Surviving village members are there. Um, the girl's younger brother sees him and immediately says, you're a murderer. You killed my sister. You killed her fiance. Get the fuck away from us. We don't ever want to see you again. So Faye is just kind of cast into the wilderness, walking through the forest, doesn't want to live anymore, just wants to die. He comes across this imperial girl, and uh, she's lost in the same forest that he is. And she's like, you're going to tell me how to get out of here. I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, if you're going to shoot me, do it right here. Please, please kill me now. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so dark, and I'm not even into, like, chapter two. I don't even have a full party yet. And it's just so dark and incredibly well-written. And, the like, the graphics on it are, like, leaps and bounds better than Final Fantasy VII's original. Because the um, the backgrounds are all 3D rendered, so you can actually change the camera... Nice. And the um the characters are actually sprites, but they're like 3D sprites. So when you change the camera or go in a different direction, they have a different sprite for every angle of this guy. Nice. And the battle system is really incredible. There's like a it's a turn-based thing, but you have a combo system. So like Faye is a martial artist. So you have uh like key points basically. Mm. Um triangle is one point, square is two points, and then um X is three points. And I just got to the point where I can use four points. And uh some some enemies, like you can only hit them with a one point attack because they're you know, they're big and heavy or mm. they can move faster, so you can't hit them with that big attack. So it's it's really robust and the animations are incredible and it's it's basically on the same level as Chrono Trigger for me now. And uh, the uh, the absolute best thing about it so far is that there are fully anime animated cutscenes in that like classic Cowboy Bebop 90s style. Ooh, and they're all wait. fully voice acted, fully like hand animated shit. And it's fucking amazing. You need to play this. <laughs> What are you playing it on? I'm playing it on the Vita. Okay. So I need to get a Vita. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I mean, you could probably... Well, I don't know if it'll run on that thing. Probably not. No. It is PS1, but it is a beefy PS1 game. Yeah. I'll, I'm gonna... I'll probably have to do a Vita. Because I still want to get a Vita, but yeah. You could probably run it on your PSP, actually. Yeah, I probably could. But it... Like... It feels like this is, I mean, it is, but this is where Xenoblade started. It's very evident, and I'm shocked that this isn't held in such a high regard as Final Fantasy VII. Well, I think it's because Final Fantasy VII was, like, the one that hit the mainstream, obviously. Yeah. Um, And probably because of how dark Xenogears is. Because is it rated M? Or I think. I think. Well, it... I don't know when it came out, so it could be rated T with some rated M shit. Yeah, because that, that's probably one thing is I wonder how much marketing was given to it, mm-hmm. especially considering if I remember correctly, Xenogears has like cannibalism and all this other shit in there. So it's like, ah, uh, probably can't market this to the general audience, whereas like Final Fantasy VII, it's like, ah, oh, we could do that. So who knows? But it also helps that Final Fantasy has name recognition by that point. 
I think two. to this day, Final Fantasy VII still has the biggest marketing budget of any game of all time. Well, yeah, because like... <clears throat> Sorry. I've, I've, my sleep schedule is also fucked. I've been yawning so much, dude. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, the original seven, like, that's kind of why I was, I was very interested to see what they do with remake. Would they also blow a huge ass budget to market a remake? But I think they did pretty all right. I I think, I don't think you had to do a big budget for this game because all you had to do was just say Final Fantasy VII remake and people were going to go buy. Yeah. You didn't have to give us a trailer. You could have just said it's here. And people would have fucking picked it up. But, like, the... I just really wanted to tell you how incredible it is. Because I know you would love it. And it feels like they made an HD 2D game before that style existed. Because that's exactly... Like, moving the cameras around and the exploration parts of um, Triangle Strategy feels exactly like it does in... Xenogears. Uh, Xenogears. Oh, yeah. So, like, Monolith... This was like their first big thing. They've always been way ahead of the curve. Put some respect on their name. Honestly, I would love to see a Xeno, like every other Xeno game before Blade just kind of put on the Switch as like a collector's edition or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Square Enix has clearly shown that they're down to do that. Just put, uh, I mean, they could probably do Gears as like a, just like a weird virtual console thing. Yeah. I mean, they did it with Guilty Gear, and it's basically not even, like, widescreen. Um, and then just do, like, a Xenosaga collection. That would make some money. Yeah, especially because I, I think Xenogear is having kind of the cult following it has, and the Xenosaga just kind of being what it was. I think, yeah, it would be really good for, for Nintendo. And Xenosaga characters are in Xenoblade 2. Mm-hmm. So maybe Faye comes into Xenoblade 3? Faye comes in, and the first thing he says... The first thing is like, so who are you? It's like, look, if you're gonna use that sword, right here, come please on. kill me, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. I don't. No, and, and you hear him be like, it's like, ah, oh, how could someone do that? And and Faye's just going, I don't know. I've seen people eat humans, and then, and then like pause and goes, didn't taste too too good. And people, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just like a another hot spring scene, and then Faye's just like, I killed my family and eight people. Like, wow, you're a real killjoy, huh? Just like the main character's like, great, cool, thanks. <laughs> Whoa, Mithra's boobs are so huge. I killed my whole family. I ate, ate huge boobs once. <laughs> Who invited this guy? <laughs> that 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 gets me another idea for a and d character. Is the guy whose backstory is so dark, it comes in at like random intervals like that, where you're just like, oh man... This ice cream sundae tastes good. And you should be like, I had an ice cream sundae fed to me full of blood once. <laughs> you be like, oh, okay, dude. Cool. I had an ice cream sundae with my best friend once before I killed him accidentally. Sit <laughs> so there be like, like, oh, oh, we, we're finally safe. We're never safe. We inevitably... We're never safe. Inevitably, we become the monsters, <laughs> the villains in our own stories. Nothing matters. No, people think we're never safe. There's a ticking time bomb of a demon inside me who's, who's planning to escape any minute now. We're never going to be safe from this. It's just like, why do we keep you around? <laughs> we were on a fun no-pun adventure, and then you started talking. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, it's a humorous D&D campaign, too, and it's like, oh, ha, funny. What's what's your name? My name's, uh, my name's Vex. I killed my mother with my own bare hands. And my father, my father beat me, and I stabbed him in the throat. 
That's everybody's first D&D character. <laughs> is my family died in front of me when I was a kid, and I want revenge. Everybody's like third or fourth D&D character is just like a bisexual girl. It, it's funny because like every like one of the characters that I have planned or like I've kind of made is this just bisexual dude who fucks anything, mm-hmm. or I guess pansexual would be more likely because he yeah I made but, a pansexual uh, centaur. Hell Her yeah. name was Nezrina and she had big like moose horns that she hangs like uh, like these wooden rave beads off of. She was so fun. I the the dude I have is pretty much just uh, um. I don't know if I want to do a bard because it's it's too much of the the meme, but like the way the way he looks, he's got like the the fucking button shirt that's only buttoned like down here, uh-huh. the, the hairy chest, and he's just kind of like he's got like the the Dorian mustache from Dragon Age, and he's just kind of like mm-hmm, yes. So I'm I'm pla- I, that's a, a thing that I plan to do, and just every every instance of NPC. Can I roll to charm? Can I roll to seduce? DM, show me this guy's balls, please. <laughs> I want to, I also want to do, I, w- I want to make a character that's, uh, you know, the meme of like, here, I'll pay a hundred dollars the fuck off <laughs> a character who just does that. <laughs> I, uh, when I was playing a rogue in curse of Strahd, I did that all the time because <laughs> I just had so much gold at one point. It's like, here, I'll pay you this much. Get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> Nobody wants to admit they ate nine cans of ravioli. <laughs> Let's I, just do a trailer park boys <laughs> D and D campaign. <laughs> Either Trailer Park or Letter Kenny. <laughs> Why I, not both? Can I be Shorzy? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, fucking Letter Kenny's amazing. That's a crossover we need to see. They're both in Canada. Would work really well, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Could you imagine Shorzy fucking with the Trailer Park ones? <laughs> Shorzy and Ricky is the perfect combination of characters. <laughs> And then just just to be even funnier, just get Ted Lasso in there just to be the nice guy. <laughs> yeah, Julian and uh, what's his name? The main guy from uh, fuck. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Uh, always wears the button up shirts tucked in. Uh, Letter Kenny, right? Yeah. Hold on. Fuck. Anyway, that guy and Julian just standing next to each other and saying nothing for the whole episode would be perfect. Wayne? Yes, Wayne. Why did that fucking... God dang it. It was on the tip of my tongue the whole time. I was like, Dwayne? I I also love with Letterkenny, we don't see Shorzy's face. Because it's the same guy. (laughs) It's Wayne. It's just so good, dude. Yeah, I I love those shows. I'm sorry. There is a <clears throat> There's a 2022 spin-off of Shorzy. Oh my god. Oh my fucking gosh. Bro, we're going to Is work. it out yet? No, there's a teaser. Uh Oh my god, I dude. <laughs> Wait. Alright, we're gonna have to fucking watch this trailer after the podcast, but holy shit. Gonna make a Shoresy build an Elden Ring. Just naked all the fucking time, but you can't <laughs> see his face. 
Did you see um, that video of the guy that made Sonic in Elden Ring? No, I did not, but now I need to find it. <laughs> He's just completely naked. His skin is blue, and he has the um, the Ash of War that just makes him roll like the sheep. So he just goes, bah! <laughs> and then spin dashes away. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna dude, uh I love watching like builds in Elden Ring or like in Dark Souls too because like oh that shit's so funny. I, I want some more of that shit where someone does like and effective funny builds. Yeah. That's the thing is if it works, it's even funnier because you can beat the final <laughs> boss with that shit. Yeah, I, I love that sort of shit. There's so much good stuff in Elden Ring. Seriously, for real, if you have not played Elden Ring, go do that. It is it is such a worth it game. Absolutely. But yeah, uh anything else you want to talk about? Or I don't think so. My brain is fried. I punch myself in the face and don't sleep anymore. You need to get yourself some melatonin. Just take some and just cock out for a bit. I need something. Honestly, melatonin does work. Like it's and it's not it's not like terrible for you, like like you know, NyQuil. Mm-hmm. If you drink too much NyQuil and get addicted to it, you're fucked. Yeah. Melatonin, you can just take like a tablet and you'd be like, oh, fucking. Imagine tired. me just sitting there drinking some lean, playing Elden Ring. <laughs> Torrents moving one mile an hour. <laughs> I can just imagine you're just kind of sitting there like. Like the guy in the, uh, the World of Warcraft episode of South Park, just lean back. <laughs> lean back. <laughs> anyway, I think we're going to call it a day for that one. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, uh, hopefully, we will have a D&D podcast out at some point. Um, we're still working on that, but I feel like we're a little closer than we were beforehand. Yeah, um, we, we've got an idea of what we want. We just need to find a good DM, really. Yeah, so hey, if anybody knows any good DMs, message us at, on, at our Instagram, which is... SideQuest underscore podcast. You can find all of our Instagrams. And also, shout out to our boy Tyler... Yeah, it was his EP, birthday, e- and birthday he released and an EP album. Release, hell yeah! I have, I still have the the, the CD here, and uh, it's it's really good. We were listening on the way home uh, the last time he gave us a copy early, and uh, it was really good. Yeah, it's it's been in my CD player ever since. Uh, if you guys want to check him out, go to our Instagram on our followers list or following, and uh, look at Grindstone. There's some snippets of their songs and a link to actually get the album. So. Yeah. Go check that shit out because it's good. Yeah, if you're into that kind of bluegrass country kind of, as I told him, that's it's good um, toe tapping whiskey drinking music. Yeah, and and when you listen, you'll know exactly what I mean. But uh, yeah, go check out Tyler's stuff. It's good. It's a great. It's called Salty Eyes. It's a good one. It's, our buddy Kevin's on there too. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good song. It's a great, great little EP. I can't wait to see what he does more. So, but yeah, because he's he's moving back to Texas soon. So yep. our boy Tyler will be will be out. Hopefully we'll we'll see him again tonight for the Batman. But yeah, think uh, go check that out. Uh, anything anything else we need to shout out or anything else kind of? Uh, no, we don't have anything <clears throat> going on. Yeah, so keep an eye. We'll we'll let you guys know when we do our D and D podcast, and we'll we'll be putting that out. Um, hopefully we'll we'll kind of. I don't know how we're going to market that one either. 
Because we can barely market our own fucking podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> you guys have one podcast already that's, that's got like a decent amount of listeners. Now you're going to have a second one that's just kind of there. It's like, yeah. We, we're not even there with this one. Hey, shut up. Ken Kaneki could body ash ketchup is still our number one most viewed our episode. Sl- number one is, it, no, it, number one is uh, the first one. Number two is Game Award, our first Game Awards one. And then number three is Ken Kaneki could body ash ketchup. I, I, I really don't like that the first episode is the most viewed one because that is it's by far one. our worst one. I'm, I'm, tem- I'm tempted to go and just change them all so that that one's not called episode one. Yeah, because uh, I think that's our problem is we're numbering them. I might go back and just call them something, but I don't know. I mean, they do have titles. We could just yeah. The I might do like episode in the quotations now. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure something out. But yeah, we're uh, <clears throat> thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay safe out there, and as always, take it sleazy. <laughs>